0: The Bible Live is your opportunity to listen to the Bible, a 15- to 20-minute reading every weeknight, the entire Bible every year. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout on this annual excursion for the Word, Sophie Dollar.
2: Thank you very much, Kevin Bell. Appreciate your getting us into the program tonight. Thanks for being a part of the circle around the book. Tonight we're going to continue through the book of Second Chronicles. We are following now the kings of Judah. Following the split, the division of the kingdom, there were three kings that reigned over a united Israel, Saul, David, and Solomon. Then Solomon's son Rehoboam was so young and foolish, hard-headed and stubborn, that he would not listen to the experienced, wise leadership of the older counselors and he insisted on continuing the policies of his father, Solomon, that is, confiscatory taxes and expanded government control and government power over the lives of people, and it just ran the northern tribes away from Israel. And so the kingdom split. Jeroboam took the tribes to the north, and Rehoboam stayed with Judah. We are following, though, the secession of kings in the south, That is the lineage of David because that is the lineage of promise. That's the messianic lineage through which God promised to bring that ultimate righteous judge, that righteous king who would rule in righteousness and holiness. And, of course, we know him to be Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah. I'll catch you up as to where we are in just a little bit. Right now, though, let's go to our Wisdom and Worship segment. It comes from the Psalm 86 tonight on the Bible line. Psalm 86. Bend down, O Lord, and hear my prayer. Answer me, for I need your help. Protect me, for I am devoted to you. Save me, for I serve you and trust you. You are my God. Be merciful, O Lord, for I am calling on you constantly. Give me happiness, O Lord, for my life depends on you. O Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask your aid. Listen closely to my prayer, O Lord. Hear my urgent cry. I will call to you whenever trouble strikes, and you will answer me. Nowhere among the pagan gods is there a God like you, O Lord. There are no other miracles like yours. All the nations, and you made each one, will come and bow before you, Lord. They will praise your great and holy name, for you are great and perform great miracles. You alone are God. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart that I may honor you. With all my heart I will praise you, O Lord my God. I will give glory to your name forever, for your love for me is very great. You have rescued me from the depths of death. O God, insolent people rise up against me. Violent people are trying to kill me, and you mean nothing to them. But you, O Lord, are a merciful and gracious God, slow to get angry, full of unfailing love and truth. Look down and have mercy on me. Give strength to your servant. Yes, save me, for I am your servant. Send me a sign of your favor. Then those who hate me will be put to shame, for you, O Lord, help and comfort me. End of reading, Psalm 86.
0: the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. I
2: I love that song. The other day we were out visiting on the military base with a number of Air Force recruits, getting a chance to share the gospel with them and encourage them in their walk with God. And that was one of the great songs that we all enjoyed singing it together, clapping our hands and stomping and I am a friend of God. The thought that the king of the universe would stoop to know us and love us and to allow us to be his friends, his children, his servants. What a wonderful privilege. Well, let's go now to the book of Second Chronicles. We're going to pick up in chapter 19. We have followed now the kings of Judah in the south from Rehoboam, remember the son of Solomon, his stubbornness led to the split then his son Abijah for three years and later we had this young king named Asa came on 10 years of peace that was given to the land because of him after Asa's reign we saw this king called Jehoshaphat that is the king that we are reading about presently now there were more godly kings in the south they had Jerusalem they had the temple they had the priests The tribes of the north immediately built golden calves. They tried to discourage people from going to the temple in in Jerusalem, so they had to replace the religious system that God had instituted for Israel. So they immediately got into idolatry and false gods, and they also hired priests hired by the state, paid a certain fee. The whole idea of there being separate powers the spiritual, the religious powers that kept a check and a balance on the king and on the uh, political realm, that check and balance disappeared, and it just led to tremendous chaos, and tremendous abuses by the kings in the north, and a lot of the godly people of the north, and of course those in the Levitical tribe, fled to the south to be under the uh, leadership of the lineage of King David. So. We come to Jehoshaphat. He's a great king, does some wonderful things, teaching the scriptures to the people, which is a very important thing because they kept losing touch with who they were and with the the true and living God. So just like we're doing with the Bible Live, they took the Bible out to the cities. The one thing I would say against Jehoshaphat is he tried too hard to keep in good with the kings of the north, especially Ahab. He allowed his son to marry a daughter of Ahab and Jezebel and that spelled disaster. Let's go to Second Chronicles on the Bible Life. Second Chronicles 19:1 through 22:12, followed by Psalm 86. Second Chronicles 19. When King Jehoshaphat of Judah arrived safely home in Jerusalem, Jehu, son of Hanani the seer, went out to meet him. Why should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? He asked the king. What you have done has brought the Lord's anger against you. There is some good in you, however, for you have removed the Asherah poles throughout the land and you have committed yourself to seeking God. So Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, but he went out among the people traveling from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim, encouraging the people to return to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. He appointed judges throughout the nation in all the fortified cities, and he gave them these instructions. Always think carefully before pronouncing judgment. Remember that you do not judge to please people, but to please the Lord. He will be with you when you render the verdict in each case that comes before you. Fear the Lord and judge with care, for the Lord our God does not tolerate perverted justice, partiality, or the taking of bribes. Jehoshaphat appointed some of the Levites and priests and clan leaders in Israel to serve as judges in Jerusalem for cases concerning both the law of the Lord and civil disputes. These were his instructions to them. You must always act in the fear of the Lord with integrity, and with undivided hearts. Whenever a case comes to you from fellow citizens in an outlying town, whether a murder case or some other violation of God's instructions, commands, laws, or regulations, you must warn them not to sin against the Lord so that His anger will not come against you and them. Do this, and you will not be guilty. Amariah the high priest will have final say in all cases concerning the Lord. Zebediah, son of Ishmael, a leader from the tribe of Judah, will have final say in all civil cases. The Levites will assist you in making sure that justice is served. Take courage as you fulfill your duties. And may the Lord be with those who do what is right.
1: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
2: 2 Chronicles 20 After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Maunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon Tamar. This was another name for En Gedi. Jehoshaphat was alarmed by this news and sought the Lord for guidance. He also gave orders that everyone throughout Judah should observe a fast. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord. Jehoshaphat stood before the people of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. O our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple for you. They said, Whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, disease, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple, where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt, so they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us, for they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. O our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jeiel, son of Mataniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel, but you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out there tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same. Worshipping the Lord.' "'Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah "'stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, "'with a very loud shout. "'Early the next morning, the army of Judah "'went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. "'On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, "'Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. "'Believe in the Lord your God, "'and you will be able to stand firm. "'Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed.' After consulting the leaders of the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had finished off the army of Seir, they turned on each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, there were dead bodies lying on the ground for as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Then they returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them full of joy that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps, lyres, and trumpets, and proceeded to the temple of the Lord. When the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. So Jehoshaphat ruled over the land of Judah. He was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. His mother was Azubah, the daughter of Shilhi. Jehoshaphat was a good king, following the ways of his father Asa. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. During his reign, however, he failed to remove all the pagan shrines, and the people never fully committed themselves to following the God of their ancestors. The rest of the events of Jehoshaphat's reign from beginning to end are recorded in the record of Jehu, son of Hanani, which is included in the book of the kings of Israel. But near the end of his life, King Jehoshaphat of Judah made an alliance with King Ahaziah of Israel, who was a very wicked man. Together they built a fleet of trading ships at the port of Ezion-Geber. Then Eliezer, son of Dodavahu from Marishah, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, he said, Because you have allied yourself with King Ahaziah, the Lord will destroy your work. So the ships met with disaster and never put out to sea.
1: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
2: Second Chronicles 21 When Jehoshaphat died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son Jehoram became the next king. Jehoram's brothers, the other sons of Jehoshaphat, were Azariah, Jehiel, Zechariah, Azariahhu, Michael, and Shephatiah. Their father had given each of them valuable gifts of silver, gold, and costly items, and also the ownership of some of Judah's fortified cities. However, Jehoram became king because he was the oldest. But when Jehoram had become solidly established as king, he killed all his brothers and some of the other leaders of Israel. Jehoram was thirty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. But Jehoram followed the example of the kings of Israel, and was as wicked as King Ahab, for he married one of Ahab's daughters. So Jehoram did what was evil in the Lord's sight. But the Lord was not willing to destroy David's dynasty, for he had made a covenant with David, and promised that his descendants would continue to rule forever. During Jehoram's reign, the Edomites revolted against Judah and crowned their own king. So Jehoram went to attack Edom with his full army and all his chariots. The Edomites surrounded him and his charioteers, but he escaped at night under the cover of darkness. Edom has been independent from Judah to this day. The town of Libna revolted about that same time because Jehoram had abandoned the Lord, the God of his ancestors. He had built pagan shrines in the hill country of Judah and had led the people of Jerusalem and Judah to give themselves to pagan gods. Then Elijah the prophet wrote Jehoram this letter. This is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David, says. You have not followed the good example of your father Jehoshaphat, or your grandfather King Asa of Judah. Instead, you have been as evil as the kings of Israel. You have led the people of Jerusalem and Judah to worship idols, just as King Ahab did in Israel. And you have even killed your own brothers, men who were better than you. So now the Lord is about to strike you, your people, your children, your wives, and all that is yours, with a heavy blow. You yourself will be stricken with a severe intestinal disease until it causes your bowels to come out. Then the Lord stirred up the Philistines and the Arabs who lived near the Ethiopians to attack Jehoram. They marched against Judah, broke down its defenses, and carried away everything of value in the royal palace, including his sons and his wives. Only his youngest son, Ahaziah, was spared. It was after this that the Lord struck Jehoram with the severe intestinal disease. In the course of time, at the end of two years, the disease caused his bowels to come out, and he died in agony. His people did not build a great fire to honor him at his funeral as they had done for his ancestors. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. No one was sorry when he died. He was buried in the city of David, but not in the royal cemetery.
1: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
2: Second Chronicles 22 Then the people of Jerusalem made Ahaziah, Jehoram's youngest son, their next king. The marauding bands of Arabs had killed all the older sons. So Ahaziah, son of Jehoram, reigned as king of Judah. Ahaziah was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem one year. His mother was Athaliah, a granddaughter of King Omri of Israel. Ahaziah also followed the evil example of King Ahab's family, for his mother encouraged him in doing wrong. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as Ahab had done. After the death of his father, members of Ahab's family became his advisers, and they led him to ruin. Following their evil advice, Ahaziah made an alliance with King Joram, the son of King Ahab of Israel. They went out to fight King Hazael of Aram at Ramoth-Gilead, and the Arameans wounded Joram in the battle. Joram returned to Jezreel to recover from his wounds, and King Ahaziah of Judah went to Jezreel to visit him. But this turned out to be a fatal mistake. For God had decided to punish Ahaziah. It was during this visit that Ahaziah went out with Joram to meet Jehu son of Nimshi, whom the Lord had appointed to end the dynasty of Ahab. While Jehu was executing judgment against the family of Ahab, he happened to meet some of Judah's officials and Ahaziah's relatives who were attending Ahaziah. So Jehu killed them all. Then Jehu's men searched for Ahaziah, and they found him hiding in the city of Samaria. They brought him to Jehu, who killed him. Ahaziah was given a decent burial because the people said he was the grandson of Jehoshaphat, a man who sought the Lord with all his heart. None of the surviving members of Ahaziah's family was capable of ruling the kingdom. When Athaliah, the mother of King Ahaziah of Judah, learned that her son was dead, she set out to destroy the rest of Judah's royal family. But Ahaziah's sister Jehosheba, the daughter of King Jehoram, took Ahaziah's infant son Joash and stole him away from among the rest of the king's children, who were about to be killed. She put Joash and his nurse in a bedroom. In this way, Jehosheba the wife of Jehoiada the priest, hid the child so that Athaliah could not murder him. Joash remained hidden in the temple of God for six years while Athaliah ruled over the land. End of reading, Second Chronicles 19, 1 through 22, 12.
1: To
0: the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar.
2: These are very important chapters, a pivotal moment in the life and experience of the people of Israel, particularly that southern tribe of Judah. Now, the promise of God was that a descendant of David would always sit on the throne. We read that back in 2 Samuel chapter 7, and in other places, that promise was repeated. To David to Solomon his son God had laid his hand upon David what happened to this promise when the nation is destroyed when they were carried into exile and there was no longer a throne to sit on well there were two parts of God's promise in the physical sense as long as there was an actual throne in Judah a descendant of David would sit upon it but that was just the earthly promise to this people group of Israel they were covenanting with God to be faithful to him and worship him alone and to be a light to the nations around them When they disobeyed their part of the covenant, that covenant was broken, God was not bound to continue David's temporal, earthly lineage. But in the spiritual sense, of course, there was a promise that was completely fulfilled in the coming of Jesus, who was also a descendant of David. He would sit on the throne of David forever. There was a spiritual dimension to that promise. God is covenanting not only with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and David and their earthly lineage, but God covenanting with his people those who love him and trust him and seek him with all their hearts from every race and every tribe, every tongue, every people group of the world, God has promised that we would be with him and that the lineage of David would sit on that throne as the king of his people. And that, of course, is Jesus, the Messiah. Now, what happened? If you study the life of Jehoshaphat, you see that he was a good king, following the ways of his father Asa. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, But he had a very strong tendency to seek alliances, particularly with the king of the north of Israel, King Ahaziah, Ahab's son, uh, successor. Earlier he had tried to form a disastrous alliance with Ahab. Jehoshaphat had a very strong passion to reunite the kingdom. So as he tried to do that, his tendency consistently, constantly, was to compromise his faith in God and his obedience to God in order to build a relationship, hoping in some way to bring the nation together, he got disciplined by the Lord several times. Prophets talked to him about his tendency to form these disastrous alliances with unbelievers. We have that same tendency in our world. I like the way the Chronicles is organized because you don't get mixed up going back and forth between the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah in the south. This is just the kings of Judah, and you can see the dynamic at work that's constant pull to compromise, the constant pull to give in, to go along, to get along, and to walk away from our faith in the true and living God, and to try to compromise with the world. And of course, it is always disastrous, whether it's Jehoram marrying Athaliah and bringing death into the Davidic lineage, or Joash uh, who's saved. By the way, Jehoiada, this priest that leads Joash, his wife is also one of the daughters of Athaliah. Interesting, no? See you next time on the Bible Live. The Bible
1: Live with Sophie Dollar. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax deductible gift to the Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's the Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas. 78218 You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website thebiblelive.com Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Start today and in one year's time we will read and respond together to the entire Bible Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.